often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 520. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. <laughs> uh, I'm a little out of it, too. I, I took a nap beforehand. I probably should have hit a Red Bull. Uh, I, my energy level's low. I ran not too long before I took the nap, too. And uh, I took a Benadryl last night. And I, it still, like, knocked, knocked me uh, out from it. And I slept a long time. I slept longer than I intended to. Got a real drugged-out feeling. Real drugged-out feeling. It's not as bad as earlier. It's not as bad as earlier. I ran, taking a shower. Should, maybe I shouldn't have taken a nap before recording this. But it's early. It's not quite 2 p.m. as I'm recording this, which is also throwing my body out of whack. It's like, what are you doing? This is a later thing. But uh, I have plans later. I took the Benadryl. <sighs> because, uh, well, I hate trails. Technical trails. I've been running them lately. Because uh, I'm trying to train, of course, to pace my sister, which I've mentioned, I believe, several times on the show, uh, for a race in October. The Ozark Trail Race. She's doing 100 miles. I don't know what segment I'm going to be running, but it's going to be nowhere near 100 miles, thankfully. That sounds like clear, complete torture and murder, running 100 miles on a technical trail. Uh, I don't even like running like five to six miles out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, the reason I had to take Benadryl is... Uh, I, well, I've had to do it a few times this week because I, I would, did have early on in the week uh, I thought I was having uh, problems with allergies. I think maybe I just had a small virus or something. Don't know what caused that. But uh, I'm assuming that uh, Tuesday when I was out running on uh, Greensfelder Trail, I got chewed the fuck up by uh, chiggers or sea ticks, whatever the fuck they are. Um... Because by the time Thursday and Friday rolled around, I had bug bites just, like, appearing everywhere uh, on my lower extremities, the lower body, the the torso and below. Just, you know, the bottom end of the torso. (laughs) None on my junk, though. Though I do have one, like, on the top of the crack of my ass. (laughs) That one's kind of annoying. But uh, I took a Benadryl last night because the itching was getting pretty ridiculous yesterday. And uh, just to be on the safe side, I was concerned, you know, maybe there are fleas here. I know uh, Agent Mulder has been uh, scratching an awful lot. I thought, you know, maybe I uh, just to be on the safe side, we'll uh, give him a flea treatment. Uh, and uh, did that. And then, of course, uh, but I don't think... There's fleas here. I haven't seen any. Just, uh, I think that it was just getting eaten alive out of the trail. This is damn technical trail's fault. Damn you, technical trail. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe how I'm still just more fucking slow as shit from the uh, Benadryl last night. I only took one. I should have gotten a Red Bull before doing this. I really should have done that. But I didn't. I didn't feel like hitting the gas station, driving over there. <laughs> As uh, I've I did take an allergy pill earlier and wiped down with some uh, uh, not calamine lotion, hydrogen peroxide. Uh, that yeah, that I wiped down with some hydrogen uh, peroxide, which helps take the itch out of some of that stuff. So hopefully I won't be uh, scratching myself like some meth addict. Uh, as right now the uh, uh, Washington Fair is underway it's the the busiest night of the week the most expensive and it is obscene to get in there now man it is obscene price 
to get in there. Uh, I I don't even know. It's probably like two hundred dollars to get into. The, I mean, maybe not quite that much, but probably close to probably close to fifty at this point. This uh, I'll look up the prices here. As uh, man, I remember as a kid, the week long pass was like eighteen dollars or so if you got it early. If you waited till the week of the fair, it was a little pricey. A little pricey. It is. Oh man, the season season pass prices. Seventy dollars for an adult. Forty five for a child. Seventy dollars. I mean, I it's been a long time since I was a child, so uh yeah, seventy dollars. Of course, when I'm thinking of being a child, the eighteen dollars because as a child from six to twelve now it's forty five dollars for the week, which is a lot better than seventy. But Jesus, um, hey, it's only forty dollars to get in tonight. <laughs> only fifteen tomorrow. That's that's not bad. Fifteen tomorrow. If I'd go, shit, I'd I'd go tomorrow night. Hit up some of that food. Definitely not going tonight. $40. Holy shit. It is nice, though, that I, I've gotten paid this week. And you know you're broke. And inflation's gone pretty insane whenever to splurge. And, uh, and you know, because you got some money and everything. You you treat yourself by getting a frozen pizza <laughs> at the grocery store. Which in itself was expensive. It was like nine something for that uh, frozen pizza. I didn't, you know, I went with a better frozen pizza. It was uh, the brand. I'm not sure of the brand off the top of my head. I know that uh, it was a Detroit style deep dish pizza, which was, it was, it was not bad. I shouldn't have ate the whole fucking thing though. I should get smaller ones. I mean, I did kind of feel like dying afterwards. Didn't, though. Spoiler alert. Did not. Um, <laughs> back to the fair, though. Uh, later tonight. I'm recording this early because the plan was to go hang out with my uh, friends, of course, John and Megan, that live right next to the fairgrounds. And uh, though I have no intention of attending the fair, especially tonight, seeing as though I can't afford to spend $40 to just walk into the place... And there's just nothing that exciting to me. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, $40. Whew. Um, when, you know, I can go over to John and Megan's and just hang out over there. And you can hear the music fine there because they are, I mean, they are right next to the fucking fairgrounds. So we're going to listen to Flow Ride over there tonight. And I'll get to check in once again with uh, Eileen. That's the three-legged kitten that's currently over at John and Megan's. And, of course, she Eileen's going to be moving into my old home with uh, Kurt and Tony there, over there at uh, the once-upon-a-time the Slapbox Bunker. She'll be hanging out over there. And I got to see her yesterday and Eileen, that is the kitty. And she has grown a lot. And thankfully, she's not going to need another surgery. They were saying she was going to need another surgery on her leg, put a plate in there. And uh, that's not a thing. But uh, still missing one. <laughs> still missing a leg. It's a totally different cat. As uh, she's so much nicer and not spooked like before. And uh super loving cat. And... uh the hair has uh, grown back for the most part, so you don't notice that she's had an amputation recently as much. <laughs> um, it is it is kind of <laughs> every time though I go down to over to uh, Megan's and then I go into the basement though and check out the cats that she's got that she's fostering. It's the Sarah McLaughlin song. Just starts pouring into my head. It's I mean it's. 
it's just how it is. It's just it. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna play it, but my computer's not being very uh, cooperative at the moment. But uh, like she had one over there yesterday, a kitten that uh, had uh, her eyes were just completely like covered over with pus and stuff. I mean, it looked just like that goddamn commercial. Um, <clears throat> like, uh, uh, I almost feel like there should almost be like a Sally Struthers campaign to help this cat. It's like the children that you see in that commercial. Like there's, I mean, I felt bad for the cat. I, mean, I don't, I don't have any plans on adopting another one at the moment though. As uh, it would appear that uh, the other three-legged cat that the Humane Society uh, had, it seems that somebody's already adopted him as well. So I won't be guilted into another adoption at the moment. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah. That uh, oh, there it is. I can, I don't even want to play it now that I found it. Like I I don't want to play the goddamn song, but maybe it, maybe I should. There's well, like hopefully not a U. There's a YouTube ad, man. YouTube and your fucking commercials, man. It's every fucking time, every fucking video. There's like ten commercials. At least if there's most of the time with music, they've gotten better. There for a minute, it was like it, it would pause in the middle of music, which still does, I guess, on some lower. Like if it's a official thing of a bigger artist, it's not that big of a deal. But oh, here we go. Yeah, just imagine it. The kitty with eyes that covered in pus, it can't see. Just. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel I don't feel that need now when when seeing Eileen though I, this song because she's she's vibrant now she's moving around the hair's grown back so it's grown grown back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one of these days I'll probably end up adopting another cat. I don't I don't feel it necessary. I probably shouldn't. Can't afford it either. <laughs> uh, it's going to be... I won't be able to splurge on uh, frozen pizzas from time to time if I get another cat. Be like, nope, nope, can't do that. Strictly ramen. Strictly ramen. As uh, Agent Mulder's chilling behind me. Thankfully, he's just chilling. Not flipping out and meowing at the moment. Ah, but the fair. Yeah. We get to hear Flowrider. As uh, <laughs> I don't think Kesh is with him, so that's that's a shame. That's uh, that <laughs> I remember when Flowrider came out, and then when I finally heard, and it, I felt kind of stupid when I realized it. I never looked at his name before, like on a or paid attention to his name, like written down or anything. That uh. I I had no idea that uh <laughs> his name was just Florida <laughs> with a space between Flow and Rida. I had to have somebody actually tell me that on the radio. I was like, "Oh, Flow Rida," which was mind-blowing to me at the moment. And then uh it's uh yeah. <laughs> uh but uh anyway, <laughs> I'm not too terribly excited for Flowrider. Um that's why I don't need to go to the fair to uh to do it. Um what is the one he did with uh Kesha, damn it. I'm not seeing that on his <sighs> I, I I don't even know. Right, it's right round. The cover of right round. That's what it was. 
That that would be my jam of the Flowrider songs. Lowe's all right, which I guess here lately I get, I sounded like an idiot at uh <laughs> third Thursday because I was like that's not that's not Flowrider. Yeah, it's Flowrider. I'm I'm a dipshit. <laughs> uh but uh now I'm gonna have that stuck in my head. I guess that's better than the Sarah McLaughlin song. At least I'm not gonna feel bad for uh animals. I'm just gonna be thinking about the boots with the fur. And Shorty got low, low, low. Um <laughs> I was I was certain though that it was somebody else, but uh I was wrong. Anyway, Ugh. It's just, as an adult, there's no reason for me to go to the Washington Town and Country Fair. As there was as a child. There was just, it was so cool as a child. I think the time it was played a big part of that because there was like uh, several friends I would have like during the school year that I just wouldn't see. And uh, I knew like, oh, dude, they're going to be, I'm going to see all my friends see them all there, even though, like, a few days after school would start and I would see them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we would cause mischief and stuff at the fair. And uh, we had, like, you know, cool-ass rides, which, uh, you know, that would be the, as a child, I guess, just hang out at the Midway and ride all the fucking rides. Occasionally go and eat something, but... Most of the time, it's just like, how many times can we ride the parachute ride or uh, their paratrooper? That's what it was called. Paratrooper and the salt and pepper shakers, whatever the fuck those were. The things, you could spin them yourself and it would spin around in a circle. I didn't, I don't remember having an exact favorite ride, but, uh,. Uh, real early childhood, I think the Scrambler was what we really liked. It was called the Scrambler, and I've I've ridden the same essential ride at several places, like Six Flags there in Eureka has a uh, ride similar to, it's like exactly the Scrambler, but it's called something else. It's like something night-related. I don't remember what it is. Um, But uh, as an adult, or young teenager something as an adult I really don't have a favorite ride I mean I'd rather go on a fucking roller coaster as an adult but uh, uh, they don't really tend to have those at a smaller fair like that I mean I guess for local fairs Washington Town and Country Fair the Washmo Fair is fairly good size there's a lot of people that tend to go to it but I mean the rides aren't like massive they're not they don't have a place for a, a huge roller coaster <laughs> like six flags um which fun fun fact when you go run out at Gre- greensfelder trail like uh de clue is what we've been hitting a lot of at certain points you can hear people at six flags you can hear them having fun while chiggers are destroying you just gnawing on your flesh you can hear people screaming from the screaming eagle uh, or whatever coasters near there. Um, uh, the Gravitron might have been one of my more favorite rides as a teenager. There was the, you know, your and essentially a flying saucer, of course. And uh, it spins in a circle. And the Gravitron's all enclosed. Um, you can't see outside. And then... Uh, it just spins in a circle, and then uh, you get sucked. Gravity just sucks you to the outside walls, and you can flip upside down when you're stuck on the, on the wall and everything. Um, that was a good one. There was the, Basically, it was the Gravitron. It would do a little bit more, though, and it, it was open to the outside elements. The uh, roundabout, I guess is what that was called. Uh, it's a staple in, I guess, all like uh, carnivals and such. And they actually have a scene that was, I think, cut out from The Jerk that uh, I know I've seen, (laughs) like, uh, The Jerk being played, the Steve Martin classic from the 70s. Because he goes, uh, takes part of a, he's hanging out with carnies at one point. Um, (laughs) There's a scene with a roundabout. 
that I think you, you can see it sometimes on TV, but if you get like the DVD of it or Blu-ray or I don't know, stream it somewhere, like I feel like that scene is cut out. But there's a roundabout in there. <laughs> the roundabout, ah, that might have been cooler than the Gravitron. Like that one was, they you would either with the fair they'd either have the roundabout or the gravitron. And it seemed like later years they were more prone to have the gravitron. Um, but uh, the roundabout was cool because I mean you could see you were sucked to the outside of this thing, and then also it wouldn't just spin in a circle; it would like tilt to the side and everything, and the, it did a little bit more. I felt than the Gravitron did. And, uh, uh, there was, uh, the food, man. That was probably, as an adult going there, the only thing, like, I'd get kind of excited for. Like, as soon as I turned 21, it was like, yes, booze, get drunk, hang out at the fair. Uh, and then after doing that two or three times, it's like, yeah, I've done that. Don't need to do that again. Even though there was just fucking uh, great stories from that, which I've told in years past during the uh, fair. I feel like just last year during the fair, I told some stories about it. Like there was uh, my recollection, again, not the greatest, but I'll go with the, the one big story, the classic just because I love the story so much, hanging out with uh, my good uh, good pal Todd, my good buddy, my good buddy, and uh, my buddy Dad, <laughs> and his uh, his brother Carl, which we uh been friends for a long time, and of course Carl was the sober one out of the the three of us, the triumvirate, as it were, uh, the uh, fair fair group, uh. And, uh, cause there's, uh, Carl who converted to Mormonism and because of that, he, he does not drink alcohol. You know, there's your body's a temple. You don't want to destroy it. That, and all that, that jazz. So, uh, during this particular year, uh, Todd and myself were, uh, extremely intoxicated as we had, uh, <laughs> We were hitting up beer tents for a while, and then we found out after having quite a few beers, already feeling pretty good, that there was actually a full bar next to where the uh, bands were playing, the concert area. And uh, it was uh, Little Feet that was on stage, and at the time we had no idea who the fuck Little Feet was. It was not a thing that was our in our... Uh, <laughs> And it, any of the three of us, we were unaware of Little Feet, and uh, but we w- we went over there while Little Feet was on stage, of course, because we're like, oh shit, we got to go hit the full bar. I had to, at the time my drink of choice was the Captain and Coke, and uh, the thought of being able to have my drink of choice over beer, just cheap nasty beer. Uh. At the time, I really hated beer. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, we went over that way. And of course, there's people dancing, rocking out to Little Feet. And, uh, Carl gets over there again. Carl, his, the sober one, d- knows nothing about Little Feet either. But he's like yelling at the top of his lungs Little Feet, Little Feet, Little Feet. <laughs> and people are like, Yeah, yeah. And he's doing this, like, uh, dance moves, but ironically, he's, he's he's you know, jokingly doing like these dance moves, and people are like, yeah, yeah, rock on, fuck, he must be a huge fan of Little Feet, huge fan. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> I remember there's being like a small little girl like cheering him on his dance moves. People were really loving his dance moves. Again, he was the sober one, and. uh as he's like yelling little feet some more, this uh, lady, of course, the three of us were in our mid to early 20s at the time. I want to say 
I myself must have been 24-ish, 23, 24-ish. And uh, this particular lady, she was an attractive lady. She just goes, hey, I've got little feet. She was in her, like, I'd say mid-30s. She told us her age. She was somewhere in her 30s. And at the time, it was like, ooh, she's an older lady, but eh, not bad looking. Not bad looking. <laughs> and uh, we had, uh, as I recall, it seemed like a, a fairly long conversation with her. Now, she was not in Carl's uh, group. She was not sober. Not sober. She was very much drunk, maybe even more so drunk than Todd and I. And we were, I would say, trashed. I would say schmammered, hammered, schmammered, gone. I don't know, but she was she was right there with us. We we were speaking that drunken language that dr- fellow drunks can understand, and uh, somehow the conversation went on to the fact that she had not only did she have little feet because when we went over there, she's like, "I've got little feet." We're like, she was wearing sandals, and we're like, "Yes." That is correct. She shows us her feet. Like, you have little feet. That is a correct assessment. You would be correct. And she had nice feet. I'm not a big feet guy, but she had nice feet. And uh, <laughs> somehow the conversation, again, it seemed like we had a conversation with her for some time. And uh, somehow it went from her feet to the fact that she had fake breasts. Don't know how we segued from that to boobs. How that... Maybe it went right to that. I don't know. There was some drunkenness going on. And uh, something about her having fake boobs. And at this point, we already knew that she had a husband. We knew that she was married. And uh, <laughs> then... Uh, but her husband wasn't standing like right next to her. She's just having this conversation with us. And, of course, when she mentions the fact that she has fake boobs, of course, Todd asks the question, do they feel real? You know, that's, I think, generally one of the big questions when you get asked whenever uh, someone finds out that you have fake boobs. I don't know. I don't have fake boobs, but I would imagine, do they look real? Do they feel real are the two big questions. Um, <laughs> that you get other than you know why why did you get you know boob implants why did you feel the the need um, but uh, and then of course he asks the question do they feel real immediately she's like well hey grab them grab them let's let's have you judge judge for yourself be the federal breast inspector be the FBI there's a <laughs> And then, of course, uh, Todd is like, well, does your husband care? He was alert enough to, to be concerned about that, that there might be an angry husband if you just reach out and grab his wife's boob. And uh, she's like, no, no. And then she looks behind her and, like, yells at her husband, which we were uncertain, as I recall, to whom her husband actually was. So, uh... <laughs> She yells back, and then, hey, very aggressively, she's like, hey, honey, doesn't say his name, just, hey, honey, this guy's going to grab my boob. <laughs> and, of course, Todd complies immediately as, as soon as he got, like, the, the go-ahead, the green light, and he just grabs, forcibly grabs this woman's boob. And uh, he grabbed it so hard you could see the veins bulging in his arm. And, you know, he wasn't too far removed from uh, being in the military at that point. Like, he had just gotten back and served his time there. And so, you know, I mean, he's got some muscle going on, you know, having to do the PT and all that. And then <laughs> and you see that, like, the vein pop. I mean, he is he is getting a feel and, and then some. He got his uh, price of admission. <laughs> for the fair, which at the time was a lot cheaper than $40. It was like maybe $20 to get in that night. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, again, this was pushing close to 20 years now. So 
I'd rather not do that math on that. Damn it. It's not quite 20 years. Getting real fucking close, though. Anyway, uh, yeah, it might have been like 15 years ago. But uh, <laughs> so then as, as of course, he's squeezing as hard as he can, which seemed like he got a good long grab, and she's just like, she's just purr, real drunk. She's just like, oh, I'm glad my kids aren't here. Uh, and that was that. That was, and then we just like walked away. I feel like we all could have gotten a grab, but I was like, I, I don't know. I was just thrown off by the whole situation. And this is like, this is just kind of weird. <laughs> this is just kind of a weird situation. Uh, and there, there were children around, maybe not her children, but there were children around watching Little Feet that were just grabbing this woman's boob in, in public and around a, t- a bunch of people. Just like grabbing a boob. Oh. <laughs> uh. That, br- that reminds me, uh, I did just watch the documentary series on Woodstock 99 on Netflix. I thought overall it was a good documentary. I wonder, though, if they just didn't have the rights to play certain bands because uh, it really, you know, they they tried to get to the bottom of the fact that, like, if you're unfamiliar with what happened at Woodstock 99, it was a complete catastrophe for the most part. I mean, they made it through pretty much... Well, they did. They made it through all the bands before shit got completely out of hand. Um, though there were, I guess, several rapes and uh, a couple people died and stuff there like before the shit completely hit the fan. Like Every night, it was like bad. But uh, it ended in a riot, and they uh, set all kinds of shit on fire. Um, a lot of trailer... Tra- tractor trailers blew up it was uh pretty crazy pretty crazy um but in the docu-series like it's a it's a pretty entertaining series and uh if you know you were old enough to remember that time period it's it's fun like for me i was would have been 18 i guess at that time and so i was very familiar with the lineup of uh, bands there and uh i watched mtv at the time i still had cable back then hadn't cut the cord yet and so you could see all the mtv vjs from back then and i was like holy shit i forgot about some of these i was like i totally remember this i probably remember i kind of remembered seeing the footage of Woodstock 99 uh when it was going on and the train wreck that it turned out to be um but uh <laughs> It seemed like they they did uh it's kind of funny that uh well like the promoters they they blame it on a few bad apples. It was like their fault. The, they had nothing to do with it. They had nothing to do with the shit that happened. There was just is the kids mentality these days. They're not hippies. And then you know a lot of it was blamed on the lineup of acts that they had like like they mentioned of course corn a lot, which Jonathan Davis is on there, and uh, he blames it like all on the promoters. It was their fault, which I feel like Jonathan Davis was right on this, as of course they had. They wouldn't allow this right around that time period. This is like uh, right after Columbine happened, the school shooting there in Columbine, and uh, concerts. There was, I guess, this would have been. I don't remember when Dimebag Daryl was shot. Um, it was around that time. As uh, I this might have been before. I think it was like early two thousands. Uh, yeah, I guess it was two thousand four when he was killed. So yeah, it, w- it didn't happen quite yet. But there were incidences with uh people and uh, guns and such at concerts at that time and they were getting really hardcore about not letting anybody bring shit in and that they had problems at concerts too with people like chucking water bottles and stuff well it you would think they'd be a little bit more lenient on people like bringing water into a is it like a three day music event as people were camping out there at Woodstock 99 for three days 
a three-day fucking concert. And uh, no, no, you weren't allowed to bring water or anything in with you, food, any of that, which, you know, so you're going to have to pay to get food and the essentials at the concert, which, of course, you know, it's pretty much always at events like that. They're going to upcharge you on a lot of that shit anyway. But they really seem to take it to an extreme at Woodstock 99. And uh, there were water fountains, but the water fountains, uh, there was like a 25, 30-minute wait to get to water fountains. And if you bought a water bottle there, apparently you could refill it at the uh, water fountains and such. Um, But it was like at the time, of course, this is over 20 years ago. And uh, there's this thing called inflation. I'm sure everybody's aware of it at the moment. And at the time, Woodstock 99, you know, a bottle of water might have been at a gas station, probably less than a dollar. Um, But uh, at Woodstock 99, when it started, it was $4 for a, a small water bottle. And then by the end, they had gouged the prices to where it was like over $12 a, a bottle of water. Like it got crazy. And sewage got into the uh, the water supply and the water fountains and stuff. So people were getting a trench mouth, all kinds of crazy shit from drinking the water. And uh, it was, uh, whew. there was, oh, man, I'm not sure exactly what... Uh, <laughs> Uh, not exactly sure what trench mouth is. I know it, it doesn't sound good. I'm looking it up here. as uh, That's a big search now. Here it is. The trench mouth was a big thing during, of course, World War One. I. I believe that's where it, the term trench mouth comes from. But uh, according to MountSinai.org, it's uh, Vincent's Stone... Stomatitis, acute necrotizing ulcerative gingivitis. <laughs> that just does not sound good. Ne- anything involving <laughs> necrosis is not good. Or Vincent disease. Trench mouth is an infection that causes swelling, inflammation, and ulcers in the gums. The term trench mouth comes from World War One, when this infection was common among soldiers inside the trenches. Causes uh, trench mouth is a painful form of gum swelling. The mouth normally contains a balance of different bacteria. Trench mouth occurs when there is too much pathologic bacteria. The gums become infected and develop painful ulcers. Viruses may be involved in allowing the bacteria to grow too much. Things that increase your risk of trench mouth include Woodstock 99. (laughs) Emotional stress. Such as such as studying for exams. Oh, that can <laughs> a lot of people studying for exams get in trench mouth. <laughs> poor oral hygiene, poor nutrition, smoking, weak immune system, throat, tooth, or mouth infections. Trench mouth is rare, except at Woodstock ninety died. Uh when it does occur, it most often affects people ages fifteen to thirty five. Uh, Symptoms of the trench mouth often begin suddenly. They include bad breath, crater-like ulcers between the teeth, fever, foul taste in the mouth, gums appear red and swollen, grayish film on the gums, painful gums, severe gum bleeding in response to any pressure, irritation. Uh, So that's that's fun. A lot of people apparently had that, that the old Woodstock died, he died. Uh, Also, too, like... uh, Woodstock 94, which was, you know, just a couple fucking years before that. Seemed like it was an awesome show. There's the, uh, it was right when Green Day really hit it big. And, uh, cause Dookie came out like right before that. And there's all the people, like they're out in this farmland at that point and it had been raining and people were just playing in the mud, which was mud at Woodstock 94. When Woodstock 99 happened, People are playing around in what they assumed was mud. 
as it turned out, the uh, sanitation department that was uh, working Woodstock 99 was not properly doing their job, from what I understand, which was seemed to be a lot of the problem across the board there. And uh, there was shit being backed up and in, t- in everywhere. And uh, the porta potties looked fucking disgusting, even like in day one. And um, people thought it was like just mud and they're fucking going through it, sliding it, just covering themselves in shit. They're like a pig in pig paradise. They're just rolling in shit. <laughs> Rocking out the cord, rolling in shit. Uh, back to the light up, though. They do blame like Fred Durst for uh, some like uh, whenever he's on stage for uh, fucking a lot of people up. Because, you know, he's like uh, that big song he had where he's like, break some shit. And uh, he's really encouraging the crowd to uh, break some shit. Like he's talking to them and he's really just like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck everything up. Do it. <laughs> and and they uh, obliged him. A lot of them did. And uh, <laughs> I was never a big Fred Durst fan. Limp, Dis- Limp Biscuit is uh, I thought he was a poser <laughs> back in the day. Now, Rage. I was a big Rage fan back when they, uh, back, back then. And, uh, Rage was the band after Fred Durst. And of course, Tim Comerford, the bass player, set the American flag on fire during their performance, which was on his uh, bass amplifier, if I remember correctly. And, uh, they didn't even show Rage's performance in the docuseries. What the hell? They could have showed the American flag burning, but I, I guess Rage didn't try to incite the the crowd like Fred Durst did. It's great when you want to calm a crowd down after Limp Biscuit plays. Like Rage is your your calmer. You're like, you know what? We need to we need to calm things down a little bit. How about you uh, play that song? Hey, uh, hey, Zach. Tom, how about you guys play that song uh, "Killing in the Name of" about police brutality? Um, that where you uh, say the lines "Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me." Yeah, play that so they can kind of calm down a little bit. You know, let's <laughs> let's lighten the mood a little bit. I gotta say though, if you look at the lineup for Woodstock '99, like none of it would appeal to the original. Uh, mentality of the original Woodstock, peace and love and all that shit. It was very much uh, more in your face, I guess, than than that. I mean, these weren't like death metal bands and shit, but, you know, they were louder and stuff. And uh, then at least it, if you look at the lineup for Woodstock 94, they had several acts that were at the original Woodstock. And they intersplice them with you know, current acts and stuff. And that seemed like a lot cooler idea than to do what they did in 99. Um, Woodstock 94 was a commercial non-success for them, though, because they didn't uh, they didn't fuck people over <laughs> as easily as they did in 99, of course. I'm pretty sure they went broke after 99, too, after the, everything just got burnt to the ground. Um but the big thing at 94 is that people broke down all the fences and just thousands more people came into the show than they were, uh, than had bought tickets. And, uh, anyway, uh, it's an entertaining docu docu series. I feel like they could have gone more into some of it, but, uh, the important part is you see the, the crowd like mob mentality in there and there's a lot of footage of it a lot of footage of it and initially when it happened the promoters wanted to hide a lot of that they they had everybody working for them sign uh, NDAs the uh, non-disclosure agreements and such because they did not want the bad publicity of this and uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, the shit that's going on to the people of the fire fest although they had normal food and stuff there. They were just caught charging and a fucking fortune for everything. And they got to see really awesome bands. You know? Just, unfortunately, you might get raped. 
and you know or assaulted there was a lot of people that got injured badly there was some uh, a lot of violence there at the show all fred durst's fault <laughs> according to the doc that's the way it made it seem at least damn you fred durst uh uh it does remind me of going to concerts back then which i didn't go to a lot of concerts I mainly went to smaller stuff. I only the like I went to a few bigger festivals. Like I went to Lilith Fair, I think more than once. Uh, which you know, a strange thing. You know, they blame things on our generation, and I don't remember seeing any violence at Lilith Fair. There was none of that. There was. It's almost like there was a lot more estrogen there. Maybe it mellowed everybody out. Um, and uh, the. Probably the biggest festival show that I went to was Lollapalooza 97, which, you know, was a whole two years before Woodstock 99, which that had a very strange lineup. Um, but, of course, that was the first time I got to see Tool, and uh, I don't remember there being any violence there. There was some kind of – there was a mix of people, and there was times that I thought maybe there was going to be some violence. But uh, there was, oh man, there uh, the lineup was so so weird. Like they had uh, Tricky. There was James. Um, they had Corn uh, was supposed to be there, but uh, the drummer had like sprained his wrist or something, and. Uh, Tool, of course, they didn't close the show. Um, Prodigy did. Which Prodigy, Tool, and Corn, that's not too... They were kind of in the same main, same hemisphere. As, uh... Like, there was, a <laughs> Probably, uh... Yeah, I don't know. The crowd, the crowad, though, there was a heavier, you know, music. They're represented with Tool and such. There was a big redneck that was near us for the show. It was yelling, kept going, like, asking, who are you here to see? Thankfully, we were there to see Tool, and he was fine with that because uh, the rest of the time he's yelling, fucking Tool, fucking Tool. I feel like the guy's still there yelling, fucking Tool. This was, you know, over two decades since then. The guy's probably still yelling for Tool there. Um, But then there was uh, Snoop Dogg, so you had these gangsta wannabes or maybe they were gangsters I don't know maybe they were <laughs> killing people selling dope but uh, they had uh, that mixture because like the Snoop Dogg and then there was there was like some I feel like there's some kind of like more folk acts and shit too it was a it was a very eclectic mix um, but uh, there was a <laughs> uh, yeah so uh my point was, yeah, we had this tool guy sitting there with that seemed to be more where the rage was coming from, which most tool shows uh, that's to this day. I've been to quite a few tool shows at this point. That's the most violent I've ever <laughs> seen somebody at a tool show. I mean, he was ready to fucking murder somebody. So they didn't get the tool and tool was near the end. We had to wait all day for that. It was a good it was a good time, though, hanging out there. But I. <sighs> I didn't end up going to a lot of festivals because maybe Woodstock 99 had something to do with it. You know, I didn't really want to be, I was not, I'm still not real big into this, but I used to really not like massive crowds of people. I'm still not crazy about it, but, uh, just give me a lot of anxiety and stuff. Like, Oh, I don't know. I want to be around that many people. And then I guess Woodstock 99 happened. I'm like, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> I uh, kind of saw what happened there. Maybe let's not go and see this crazy shit. Um, but uh, as uh, as it was, yeah, uh, I didn't go to a whole lot of those. But I'm I feel like I missed a, a lot not going to like say Ozfest. And Ozfest has some great fucking lineups through years. And call me crazy. They probably had a harder lineup than Woodstock '99, and I don't remember there ever being a riot at the end of an Ozfest. Maybe I'm wrong. 
uh, there was a lot of hard rock tours that uh, didn't end in people igniting everything at the end. Of course, then then again, at Woodstock, it was a three-day event. And uh, although, oh, oh, I guess uh, <laughs> there was a, a riot at an OzFest, looking this up. I guess Oz, Ozzy didn't show. Uh, <laughs> mm, I you know I imagine it wasn't as bad though. Uh, <laughs> in '97, I guess he didn't appear. Um, but uh, there's a uh, oh, apparently Papa Roach had started a riot at Ozfest. <laughs> I don't think it was Lollapalooza or Woodstock 99 is bad, though. But Woodstock 99, to be fair, I mean, there was a lot more people there. And, of course, it was a multi-day event. Um, But, man, there was there was some great fucking... I wish I would have gone to some of those OzFest shows around that time. There was some great fucking lineups, man. But as it was, I, I wasn't real crazy about going to massive events. Well, that... That and I just didn't have the money to do so. There was that, you know. I still don't have the money for that. I would like to go to like something pretty crazy though. Go to like a Rammstein show. That would be pretty great. <laughs> that scares me though. Rammstein seems like there's going to be some horrible shit that happens at a Rammstein show. You know, that's not affiliated with what's going on on the stage. It could get rough. You know what I'm saying? Those Germans, they put on a crazy show. A lot of crazy shit's going on on the stage. They're doing a lot of shit with dildos, setting shit on fire. Who knows what's going on in the crab? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel like they could have like even more in-depth. I wish there was more footage of the Woodstock 99. I don't know what I'm expecting, but there was like, it's three episodes. There's quite a bit. There's quite a bit. Um, I'd like to, there's apparently a documentary in 94, which I might've seen years ago. That one seemed like much more relaxed event. Uh, but, uh, what else I've been watching? Of course, I'm still, uh, keeping up with better call Saul, you know, not many episodes left. And I gotta say, I am surprised. It would appear that Kim Wexler is not going to die in the series. It would appear. I mean, the series, again, not over. But it would appear that they are not going to kill Kim. Which I figured they either had to split up or she was dead. <laughs> and at the, you know, before this break in the series, uh, uh, this last season here, um, I didn't see Jimmy. Or Saul ending it. It was like either Kim's got to end this, or it's, or she's dead, <laughs> and you know she she ended it. Spoiler alert: if you're not keeping up to date with Saul, and uh, we have seen footage now in the Gene era of Saul's life there, where he's Gene. And uh, he calls Kim Wexler. And we don't know whether or not he actually he talked to Kim. He called the place she worked for. And then you see him talking. It uh, looks like he's yelling on a phone. <laughs> and he's very unhappy. Um, and he, he breaks the phone booth and stuff. So maybe he, he did talk to Kim and he didn't like what he heard. But you get the impression he didn't talk to her in quite a few years. And apparently... He had found out that Kim had asked about him when he was on the lam. And so he tried to get a hold of her. And uh, I guess it didn't go well. <laughs> but, it, you know, the show's not over. Kim could be dead. Maybe that's why he's pissed off. I don't know. We, st- we don't know what happened with that phone call. And uh, <sighs> I feel like... <sighs> Almost like, I mean, it's breaking bad. It, it, it seems like something bad is going to happen. with it. Kim Wexler has to be in there somewhere. Um, 
there is, of course, we don't really know if she was on the the phone with him or not. It's re- man, it's really hard to uh, try to see if uh, like they mentioned the place she worked at, and I want to say it was some kind of aquatic place or something. I'm not sure. So <laughs> there is a uh, there. What was her new job? I'm gonna find that here. No, what the hell? That was not what I wanted. They're not telling me. And the, man, the websites that lead me to these websites where you gotta fucking subscribe. It's fucking annoying. Like, oh, we got an article that'll help you. Uh, yeah, these are, these aren't helping me. My ability <laughs> to uh to find this is uh I have to go through a bunch of shit. It's it's not working out well. Um But was he really on the phone with Kim? That is that is a pressing question. I think they have to have her in the f- finale at least. And because we gotta know people are invested in Kim Wexler. And I think it's important, you know, to have some kind of closing to know what happens there. Um, So we we can get some closure on the Kim Wexler story. And I, I would find it hard to believe, after all the shit she got involved with while she was with Saul, that she's going to be on the straight and narrow. And, uh, you know, not being a lawyer, I feel like she's going to be doing some grifts as well as, you know, Saul, man. And uh, I wonder, you know, I just wonder how, like, she felt about finding out Saul was working with the biggest kingpin in, like, meth history. (laughs) The fucking Heisenberg to know that uh you know he you know murdered several people and stuff of course i mean he was involved with lalo and nacho varga which lalo was a evil bastard but she knew there was some murders and stuff involved early on so i mean I guess that wouldn't have been too much of a shock but she know that uh he was uh, a big part of the heisenberg uh, the Heisenberg legacy, I guess, as it were. But yeah, I am excited though to see more Saul. Sci- excited and just sad knowing that there's not going to be more of that, at least. You know, maybe there's going to be a Kim Wexler spinoff to where there's Kim and her new uh, whatever she is. Uh, like, I imagine there's probably talk about it yeah there's that's a <laughs> apparently in May she addressed it um, the idea has been considered by the show's creators it's a possibility I wonder what time period it would be I mean obviously it would be after Saul but would it be her during Breaking Bad that I don't know um, I feel like she would end up going to work for like a Gus or something. It's, and we could find out more about her past, you know, like there's, <laughs> um, I, I'd be interested in a Kim Wexler storyline. I'd be down for that. I would be totally down for that. And we could get more Bob Odenkirk just thrown in there here and there. That would be that would be something. I'm sure we're gonna get something more in the Breaking Bad universe. I don't think. I mean, it's done so well. Uh, like why would they not? There's so much more that so much more stories that can be told through different avenues, through different characters. 
They're like Breaking Bad adjacent, you know? So good. The the crew behind that is so good. Um, and God Lord, uh, the amount of <laughs> scam text messages and stuff I get these days are fucking ridiculous. I'm just getting another one here. One that just says, hey. And that's, they're fishing, fishing for shit there. And, uh, man, I wish that stuff would stop. But, uh, yeah, I guess we're about good here. Um, I've got nothing more. Uh, I guess I'm going to be listening to some Flow Rider later, getting low. <laughs> uh, getting low. Boots with the fur, motherfucker. Of course he better do right round. Um, it'd be a lot cooler if Kesha was there. I'm pretty sure Kesha's not there, though. I just want to hear her song, the uh, talking about brushing her teeth with Jack Daniels. Isn't that how that goes? Uh, something like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really it. As uh, hey, Agent Mulder's kind of uh awake now. He's like cleaning himself. He must be finally cleaning that goddamn flea medication I put on him yesterday off. Just kind of like doused the back of his neck, and he wouldn't touch it there for quite a while. It was just like this clump of shit on the back of his neck. Looked like alfalfa from the uh, Little Rascals. Shit on the back of his neck. Uh, but uh, yeah, so as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.